When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully subscribed for a ton of great Cubs content that is... God, with any luck, better than the games that just happened in Colorado. If you like the shows, leave a five-star review and a rating to help other people find us. We still got all of the series-by-series updates, plus the bleacher banter that you love. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs, bullpen woes, and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. How's it going, Danny? Well, I have thankfully been really busy this week, and I have not been able to watch any of these games. I had it, the, today's game on in the background while I was working on other things, but luckily I was able to miss the tragedy that was this Cubs series, losing two of three to the worst team in the National League. I, It's honestly kind of impressive. <laughs> so my favorite takeaway from this series uh which look y'all you have to laugh sometimes like you can't be so serious all the time i i've been so busy the last couple of days i've kind of avoided uh whatever absolute catastrophe cubs twitter is at the moment i'm sure it's a dumpster fire but my favorite thing about these games coming into this series chris bryant who spends the vast majority of his time on the injured list and like they showed the latest injury he had that kept him out for like i don't know a month and a half or whatever and it was literally like a ball just kind of like grazing his knuckle and it knocked him out for like seven weeks. And I was like, oh, my God, that's wild. Chris Bryant, that Chris Bryant, who has eight home runs this season for the Colorado Rockies, hit two of them in this series. Yeah, not <laughs> against anymore. the Chicago Cubs. And I look, y'all, apparently Chris Bryant only homers for the Cubs or against the Cubs. So that's the way the Chris Bryant thing is going to go. Yeah. And he came back just for this series. He'll probably go on the IL again. Um, one, Until one, the next Cubs series. <laughs> one thing I do want to point out to all my ranter brethren is that today's loss was loss number 69. So we at least got nice. that going for us. Yeah. Thank you very much. So uh, yeah, it was just, you know, you win the first game and you barely win the first game takes all 
nine innings plus one to win it. That, that one went extras, right? Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't. We won in the ninth. But still, it was like we were going to lose that game, and they were able to come back and pull it out. Um, and then, really, it was the same t- – the same thing happened the last two days, which we, we were winning, gave up the lead and today lost by what, four? Oh, made- dude. Yeah. I mean, I was I was in some meetings while that catastrophe was unfolding. And it was like, first off, well, let's just go through the games and details or All in right. in uh, in uh, in order. Uh, let's okay. let's go through the game details in order. So so we'll come back to how the Cubs went from winning three one to losing seven to three against the worst team in the national league. Uh, but let's start with game one, the game that the Cubs actually won Jordan Wicks, man. Great. He threw six innings, uh, looked really good in Colorado. That is not an easy thing to do. He didn't strike out a ton of guys. He only struck out two, but frankly, I am here for it. He deserved more runs and I wish he would have gotten the win out of this, but he didn't because the Cubs didn't score early enough. And that's really like the best thing I can say about this game. Everything else, I have questions. First, let's start with Jose Quas, who, as far as I can tell, is very good at getting two outs and very bad at getting the third out. <laughs> well, I mean, this was our only addition to the bullpen at, at the trade deadline. And I looked at, you know, when we got Quas, I'm like, oh, here's the here's the relief pitcher we've been waiting for. He wasn't a lefty. We needed a lefty. He um, wasn't good. He added ERA well over four, I think, at the time that we got him, maybe even closer to five. And he plays for the Royals. Like, this is not the bullpen that you should be modeling your bullpen after, the Kansas City Royals. So, I mean, do I love, like, the hats right Pedro Strope vibe, I guess. Like, absolutely. But it ain't working around working out so far he gives up three in this game he he does get the strikeout he's got that funky sidearm delivery so like i'm all here for it eventually working out stuff wise for us it 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 is working out in results wise it's not working out he blew this save and um well blew well he didn't blow blow the save although it does say bs next to his name um but yeah he did not do well, gave up three. Well, he blew the save, and then I think the Cubs came back again, and then they I, – I don't even remember. Because yeah, Smiley got the win. Here. Yeah, they had to come back again here. The The real story after that, though, after Quas kind of blew it, um, because that's the reason Jordan Wicks didn't get a win that he deserved, is Michael Fulmer, who for hashtag reasons, man, gets the save opportunity here and, like, got the save. But also, let's never do that again. And I truly mean let's never do that again. Well, part He threw of it- three pitches that were actually strikes and some sliders that he got some guys to swing at. And before we get into it, thank you to every bro in my mentions who explained to me that sliders don't have to be strikes. And also, go back and watch the inning and see how many of those pitches were like three and a half feet outside. That's not tricky. That's just bad. Yeah, you got to have a competitive pitch that looks like a strike, bros. But the other part of it is that with Alzali on the IL, well, it's kind of weird how it was going. It's like Alzali had some bad outings. Then they kept putting him out there, and then he had a good outing. Then he went to the IL, you know, and so he's just gone. Uh, For 10 days, I suppose, so you got to get these innings out of someone. Um. Fulmer just came back. Is he on the 15? 
Is it 15? It's, it's too long, Danny. It could be the whole season. Yeah, well, that's all there is left is 15. So, um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Alzelay is It's like, gone. I think it's 15. Let me double check this. But I think it's, it's retroactive to September 10th. So he will be back. But I'm pretty sure, I don't think it's the 10 day. I think it's the 15. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, that's why you get your Luke Little up. You know, they, they've been making a, a few uh, kind of moves on the margins. Uh, PCA came up for this series, which I, I don't think he came up for game one. Was it? it was it, He did. Well, he, uh, it's he 15. Up, but, it's yeah. 15. So he's out until September 25th. They've got to figure out a way to piece together the back end of the bullpen between now and September 25th. Well, and then you got Palencia. He, I mean, hasn't, I mean, it's been hit and miss with all these guys, you know, Luke Little. It's kind of the thing. Do you remember when we were saying that we wished that they would bring up some of these dudes earlier to give them a shot? Like, because the bullpen wasn't doing well and Ross is just like pitching the same. Like he forgets that he has anybody besides uh, Merriweather, uh, uh well, it was Fulmer for a while, and but he it's got Fulmer again. Lighter, and, and it's, <laughs> it's Fulmer again. And lighter is the other one. Um, so, and they just use these guys all day long. Like Luke Little's gotten himself into some games. Boxberger just came back, so Quas has been hit and miss. So they're just going to have to figure it out, you know. And then, you know, see Smiley coming to the game today, immediately gives up a home run. So, like, you know, none of these dudes have been lights out like nobody has like the one era and the strikeouts up the wazoo numbers except for actually very well there does but you still don't totally trust it you know trust it more than michael fulmer but he merriweather wasn't available to pitch uh yeah, he's out there during game day. one because he pitches all the goddamn time um game two Javier Assad turned into a pumpkin a little bit. I mean, look, it's cores. It's not that big of a deal that your fifth starter, sixth starter uh, went three and a third innings. He gave up four runs. However, Daniel Palencia also did not do well. And the Cubs hitters just like decided to not realize it was course. This is the part that is really frustrating to me. Like the Cubs have dudes who can mash and they just didn't score runs the way you would expect them to at course field. Yeah, no, they it looked anemic. I mean, it, we, I think I mentioned on the Sun Ranto show on Sunday that the Rockies have the seventh or eighth best OPS in the major leagues when playing at home. So you knew that they knew how to score runs in their own ballpark. Unfortunately, the, the Cubs just, you know, they're little small ball antics and, you know, they don't really play. I, I don't know. Like it wasn't working out. And we had guys hitting like, Morrell hit a home run in that first game. Um, we had um, who else hit one? Uh, Dude, I don't even remember. Maybe Dansby. I, I Dansby. Know, yeah, Saya, says, who, who, I don't know. Yeah, like Saya, they, they, but they hit all these like solo shots. They didn't get any rallies going. I watched them like load the bases in the top of the seventh or eighth in this last game, and nothing, man. They so they load the bases with one out. Pete Crow Armstrong's up. David Ross pinch hits with Jan Gomes because apparently Jan Gomes knows more about how to bat with the bases loaded than Pete Crow Armstrong and Jan Gomes does nothing. He hits a fly ball that doesn't even score say from third it's too shallow in center. 
and then Christopher Morrell comes up, and at least they let him swing away. I mean, there's two outs. You, you think you might have a shot to tie the game with Christopher Morrell at the plate and the base is loaded. And Christopher Morrell hits an even shallower pop fly. It was like they were all swinging for Boulder and yeah. forgot that all you have to do is like hit the ball hard and you will get a home run. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. It's kind of like those days where the wind's blowing out at Wrigley and everybody swings out of their shoes and ends up just popping it up. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's exactly what it was. It, yeah. They were trying too hard and it was very frustrating. I mean, game two, I want to go back to one thing here. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong, the glove is special and as advertised. That catch that he made, um, both of them, honestly, he robbed Nolan Jones twice. And the second one is one of the best catches I've ever seen a center fielder for the Chicago Cubs make. And it was so smooth. Yeah. And I love the view from far away of it because you really get to see how far he had to go to get that ball. Cause like the end was spectacular when he's got his glove kind of backwards and he slides and just looks so smooth, but also like circus, like, you know, it was like a circus catch and he kind of, have you noticed that how he catches the ball? Like even just regular, um, like line drives kind of things. He catches them, um, kind of, um, at his chest, like a little circusy. Do you notice oh. that? He's a showman. Like he knows that he's got this on lock and, and he's playing around with it. I mean, the thing that blew my mind about that catch that with the slide and the backhand and everything that he did, he fooled Pat Hughes. And it is really hard to fool Pat Hughes on a call. Like Pat Hughes, like, oh, that ball's trouble. It's a double in the gap. And no, here comes Pete Crow Armstrong. It's a great call. Uh, I saw some people on Twitter being like, oh, that's a bad call. I'm like, that's not a bad call. That's a Hall of Fame broadcaster who has never seen that catch made before calling what he thinks is going to happen and then getting Pete Crow Armstrong. It well, I think it's fitting that we traded Javi for him. True. Because it, I haven't seen magic like that in a Cubs uniform since about that time where where you can do things and it's not that, you know, like Dansby Swanson just as the other kind of thing, other kind of way you could do it. Absolutely solid. 100% a great ball player makes wonderful plays barehanded barehanded pickups and he throws that guy out but it, it never looks magical like you know it's it looked good it looks smooth it looks slick but it's not magic and that's what we saw out of PCA and um, really today too I, I have two things I have to say about that that's a great call out with the Javi PCA thing number one uh, I saw a lot of people doing the like 70% of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Pete Crow Armstrong. Javi did that first, people. So, like, I, I love how I saw it all over MLB Network Day where they're like, oh, that's an incredible call. And, like, that call was a Javi Baez T-shirt before it was ever anything with Pete Crow Armstrong. And I just want Javi to get the respect he deserves. Number two, it is the difference. Do you remember the movie Top Gun? The original. I haven't seen the remake. The, the movie Top Gun, you've got Iceman and you've got Maverick. Like, Iceman never makes a mistake. He's so cautious and like follows the rules and does all the things that you're supposed to do. And then Maverick is like doing all this crazy stuff that's not supposed to happen. Dansby Swanson is ice. He does everything the right way. He does it to the exact degree that you're supposed to. He's got a TikTok in his head that is making every single play. Pete Crow Armstrong and Javier Baez are Maverick. They do things that aren't supposed to happen because they're testing the limits of things. And Dansby Swanson will never do that. Because he lives in a world with rules, and Pete Crow Armstrong does not. 
Highway to the Dansby Zone. Yes, <laughs> it's actually Danny. it's actually not the Dansby Zone because that's danger, and he shies away from it. So it's got it really needs there. to be the Hobby Zone. One thing I like about Pete Crow Armstrong is that his name works in all these different forms. <laughs> so you can call him like Arm Crow Strong Pete or Crow Pete Arms. You know, you could just switch it all around. I way to the Armstrong Zone. Yeah, it, it's it's a rough one. Anything that starts with a vowel is always hard to sing because <laughs> you got to go arm arm. English yeah. is weird, man. And so, um, no, it's true, though, about the, the PCA situation. When when I saw him doing that, I'm like, man, if he can hit up here, because, you know, then we're good. But like, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And he was bunting and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, I, I was Dude. mad about I was mad about it. I didn't say anything because I didn't want to. I didn't have time to get wrecked <laughs> on Twitter. So <laughs> David Ross told him to bunt. It's his first plate appearance in the majors. And I get it. You need base runners and block. You're at course. You're at course field. And I swear to God, this was probably like some old school manager test where they're like, we'll see what he does when we tell him to bunt in his first major league plate appearance. And, and he passed it, right? Like he got the bunt down. He did what he's supposed to do. But I hate that stuff. I hate it. Let the kid swing away in the, the, the best ballpark for hits in America in his first major league plate appearance. Yeah, still looking for that first hit, I think. He, he did get an RBI on his first at bat. Knocked in a run. It was almost a double play, but he's fast. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it, it's nice to see him out there. And uh, But David Ross was quoted as saying, we are not developing players right now. And, uh, and uh, you know, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, it's probably just some dumb headline the score wanted to run with. But also, David Ross, shut up. Like, we, you, you know they're going to jump all over. You just stop saying stuff like that. Just do what you want and don't mention that, you know? Yeah, it's like he's trying to convince the rest of us to be hard-nosed baseball people. By the way, immaculate grid tip for anybody who hasn't played the Thursday grid or the Wednesday grid yet. So hopefully I get this episode out in time for it to help you. David Ross, an excellent guy for this grid. Uh, he has played for multiple teams. So you have to like cross-reference here. If, you, if, you're, if you're like me and you try to prioritize using Cubs in your immaculate grid, David Ross is a, is a quality play on today's immaculate grid. Um, let's talk about game three, which I don't know what to say about this anymore. Like the Cubs tie on it. Can tie on to be a verb? It's a verb, right? It's like tied one on. You you tie on. You, you tie on. Like Jameson tie on started great, hit a wall, got hit for bloops, then hit hard, and then all of a sudden it was like it was like over before it started. And frankly, Ian Happ made one of the worst airs I've ever seen in my life. It was like the stuff of Cubs seasons past where we thought the team was cursed and like could never win. The ball hits Hap in the glove for the second out while the game is still tied. And the ball just like follows the whole length of his glove, pops out, turns into a double, and the next guy hits a home run. And at that moment in time, I knew the Cubs were not winning this baseball game. Yeah, it really felt that way. Um, yeah, two of those Tyone runs were earned, so you can't put it on him. Um, and Tyone had a really great outing last time he went out there. This time it was three earned runs through five innings on seven hits. Now, if you erase that error, 
I mean, he did give up two home runs, so you don't like to see that. But uh, at the same, and it was right at the end of his outing too. Like there was the one it, that we were just talking, the one that came after the Chris Bryant error or the error on Bryant's ball from Hap, and then that it was that fifth inning as well, um, where Jones hit an error as as I think it was, I forget which guy it was Jones and Montero both hit him in the fifth off Tyone. So it's like we were rolling along, you know, and a four run fifth. It's just like he blew up in that inning. This time it wasn't the first we're, we're usually, usually he's like gives up three in the first or something like that. And we're out of it and you just climb back in all game. But this time it's like we had the game in hand and we just couldn't finish or score anymore, by the way. We were up three zip and couldn't add on to the worst bullpen. It might be the worst bullpen in the majors. I don't know. The A's might be worse. The Royals oh, yeah. might be worse. But, but like, the A's it, it's really close. a major league team, though. I mean, can we really that, give... are the Rockies really a major league team? I have questions. I'm over oh. the caveats on Jamison Tyon. He's good at Yankee Stadium. He's good on Tuesdays. Oh, it was good when he was like throwing a perfect game before he gave up everything on a grand slam and like lost the game. I'm over it. Like, are you a competitive baseball team or not? Because if you're a competitive baseball team, Jamison Tyon needs to be on a short leash. And by short leash, I mean like the second there's a runner on and you only have a two run lead, get him out of there. Like he doesn't, it, it is, I am over it. How many times do I have to watch this movie? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. It's uh Jamison Tyon has been a huge disappointment considering how much they're paying him. Um, we thought he could at least eat innings. He doesn't really do that. Like, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking like, oh, well, he might give up five, but he's going to be good for seven innings, you know, or, and then we win six, five, you know, that's what you're thinking is the, is like the middle case scenario, like the average, and then he'll have good and bad games in between there. And they'll end up with an ERA around four. That's what you're expecting, but that's not even what's, we're not even getting that. So, um, we were just, I, my expectations were low and you performed even lower. <laughs> the, the worst bullpen in the major leagues by ERA, worse than the Royals, worse than the A's is the Rockies. 529 earn run average to 528. So they're all right there versus 526. But they are amongst the worst in the majors and we couldn't score off them. We did not add on in this game except for that in this series and any of these games, except for game number one, where we had to add on in order to win the game. Otherwise we got swept. And can I just bring up this too? We just lost three or four to Arizona as well. You know, this is not, that was brilliant. This team's not playing well. I mean, they've got only two wins in their last two series one of, you know, it's not two and five in their last seven um, and this is coming after that giant sweep. So, like, all in all, you're like, oh, we're playing 500 ball at the end. Yeah, but it's just so topsy-turvy. And, like, we're we're – I'm scared of going to Arizona right now. We got the off day tomorrow, which they really need. And then three – I mean, and Arizona's – they're right behind us in the wild card, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. I want to do one thing with Jamison Ty on here yeah. while we're still while we're Watch still me. there. March, <laughs> March, April, ERA 4.5. Terrible, not worth the contract you just signed. May, ERA 10.9. Definitely terrible. 
June ERA 5.6, improving, but like also really bad and not worth the contract you just signed. July ERA 2.67. Okay, I can live with this. This is looking better. Until we get to August where the ERA is 5.23 and there have only been three starts in September through the first two he was at 3.86 and I guarantee that number is about to go sky high after what just happened in Colorado. So it's kind of one of these situations where it's like, what are we doing here? When Marcus Stroman comes back, and I, I do believe Marcus Stroman will pitch for the Chicago Cubs again this season if they still have a shot at a playoff spot after they get done in Arizona. When Marcus Stroman comes back, would you rather see him replace Tyon or Asad or Wicks for that matter? Tyone. I think Wicks has our spot, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Tyone and also I, I would kind of get rid of some of your bull, bullpen guys on the margins, you know, like don't pitch your Palencias and stuff like that. I mean, I, I like these guys. Like I, I believe that they might have a future on the team, but you know, right now I would rather see like, piggyback the end of your rotation for first of all you're going to use i don't even know if you're going to get stroman to start he might want to start just because he's used to doing that and wants to build back up from a starter like preparation standpoint because you know how he is he's you know probably walks on his hands like <laughs> before the game and <laughs> breathes deeply for 45 minutes and then like drinks his own pee i don't know what he does but it's something <laughs> magical that he does to to get ready for a game. Uh, it's probably how he got hurt. Um, don't try to drink your own pee while it's standing on your head. Just it's really a just bad don't idea. drink your own <laughs> urine. Period. Like, I, I, I think that I think we should not do that. Hey, I'm not saying I do that. I'm saying that that's what these athletes think they got to do to to get ahead. Is it, Danny? <laughs> is that is that some repertoire that's coming out of like driveline or something? Or are you just making this one up? It's. I think it came out of the Moises Alou School of Baseball when, it, <laughs> when he learned about his soft. Hair. Well, the Cubs should absolutely not be taking lessons from Moises Alou. Speaking of Moises Alou, by the way. Did you see the Bartman lookalike who was I camped did. out behind home plate mm. during this series? Like, a. I can't even say what I don't do that. Like I, the words I wanted to say were Sun Ranto appropriate and not Cup of Cubby Blue appropriate, but dude, absolutely not. We are not doing this. Like you need to get a life and some better clothes. Like don't wear the same outfit twice in a row. Yeah. Steve Bartman already looked like crap. Why do you got to do <laughs> it? Too? A bad outfit in 2003. Where do you get those big fuzzy headphones anymore now too? Like, you know, he's got <laughs> I really need a green turtleneck that I can layer with this terrible crew neck. <laughs> yeah, turtlenecks weren't even in when Steve Bartman was wearing them. There was like a brief period between 1983 and 1986 <laughs> that you could wear a turtleneck. And that's where Steve Bartman got that one that he still had in 2003. So yeah, that guy definitely tried to look terrible and upset people. And I, he didn't upset me, but I, I do think that he should never be behind home plate again. I will say props to Marquis for like cleverly using the score bug to cover him, which was, which was maybe the best work that Marquis has ever done. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about a Diamondback series that is certainly going to be important for the Cubs hopes and dreams this season uh, that starts tomorrow and buckle up people because it's about to be a rough ride. But uh, first, a quick break for our sponsors. All right, we're back. Danny, I have some probable pitcher news for you. Justin Steele will be facing TBD and Kyle Hendricks will be facing TBD and Jordan Wicks will be facing TBD. And the best thing that I can say about that is that TBD is neither Zach Gallen 
nor Merrill Kelly, because both of them have pitched very recently and the Cubs will miss them in this series. So maybe, maybe, I don't know. The Cubs have terrible luck in Arizona usually, but maybe they can score some runs off Zach Davies and whatever other guy the Diamondbacks are going to throw at them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zach Davies. You, I'm scared of Zach Davies because <laughs> I, I know he was bad for us, you know. The worst, really. Yeah. And a bad person. Did you read that whole thing where he, like, literally ghosted his wife? Yeah, I did. That was weird, right? Yeah. Well, you don't know. She might not have been a good person either. But, like, you know, you just don't know How people. How do you beg. ghost your wife? I don't know. They together for, like, a decade. And he just... Do you know how hard it is to ghost someone that you've been in a relationship with for 10 years? Lose my number. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it was a little strange. I, I feel bad for Mrs. Davies, but um, yeah, it's the Diamondbacks just beat us three or four. And so and they're right behind us in the standings. I think that they would be happy to be out of that last wild card spot and because that's when you're on the bu the bubble getting ready to get pricked so you know you can easily get out of there once the reds get hot the giants get hot you got a bunch the national league wild card is real interesting and we're not in the pole position we might think we are but we've lost the season series to the reds we've lost the season series to the to the um marlins who are right there and so if there's a tie at the end of it, we're out. We lost so the we season gotta series win. to the Phillies too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we don't have, we don't have pole position against any of these teams. Uh, the Diamondbacks are currently a game and a half behind the Cubs for the second wild card. So in three games that could all just split. But I, I actually, I'm thinking, I'm looking at this list. Pretty sure the Phillies hold the tiebreaker against the Cubs. Arizona currently holds the tiebreaker against the Cubs, uh, depending on what happens in these One three more games. Win, Cincinnati yeah. definitely holds the tiebreaker against the Cubs. Miami holds the tiebreaker against the Cubs. I think the Cubs hold the tiebreaker only against San Francisco, yeah. who is a game and a half back of Arizona, so three games back of the Cubs. Wild, yeah. dude. Yeah, so we're not really sitting pretty. We're a, we are a wild card team now. If the season ended today, you're looking at the schedule – Arizona, yeah, I mean, they just beat us. So that's why I'm kind of like, Ugh, you know, and it always feels like we play poorly in Arizona, even it multiple, does, yeah. multiple teams too. multiple teams. Like, well, you know, Arizona, San Francisco and Colorado all have these crazy large outfields that I just feel like the Cubs don't hit or field well <laughs> in these parks and people get hurt all the time playing in these ballparks that yeah. that has been my hunch with all of these games uh i you have to win at least two of these games to be a serious wild card team yeah and you still won't take the season series from arizona but it would be nice to sweep them and take it um but yeah you've got to win two or three now i mean i don't know what to say like this is the end of the season if you're gut you you have to either you got hot at a time that allowed them to not sell at the trade deadline. So to, to fail now would really be a letdown. You know, this kind of like if they were to fade out of contention at some point, um, it would feel like a bit of a, like a wasted season, like a false promise unfulfilled in a way. 
Um, That's Cub, Danny. Yeah, it, it does feel that. But I mean, I do believe that this team with the new wildcard structure are at least good enough to get a, a playoff series. I mean, and frankly, I'd rather be in the third spot and have to face um, the Brewers. Well, that's an interesting question, because if you're in the second spot, you probably face the Phillies. If you're in the third spot, you probably face the Brewers. I can see reasons that the Cubs would want to be in either of these positions. What you really want is to be in the first wild card spot so you control home field advantage and the Wrigley Field crowd gets to do their thing. But I just really can't see them catching the Phillies at this rate. They, I, I've never seen anything less inspired than the last few games against the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Yeah. No, it's been real flat. And go back to that Red Series, too, on the road, where they lost those two games that they – I mean, they could have swept that series and buried the Reds. The only team that they really managed to do it to were the Giants, and one of those games ended up one nothing. I think, you know, was the final of that. And um, it doesn't it, – there was only one we, easy win – of any of the wins. So it's, it's just been, you know, I, I hate to be negative. I really, I really do because I kind of bought into this team at some point. I'm like, Oh, we'll go to the playoffs with this squad. It's the only time it'll ever happen because this team's going to be dismantled. Half it's going to be gone or not really, but like, you know, it just felt like this was a one-off. It just felt well because way. they're not going to resign Cody Bellinger That's and Cody Bellinger is the engine that is making this team go like you can tell yourself it's Dansby Swanson all you want. It's not, it's Cody Bellinger who was having something approximating an MVP caliber season. He's not going to win the MVP in 2023 because Ronald Acuna jr. Is the first like 30, 60 player in MLB history and might go 40, 70 and Mookie Betts exists and Freddie Freeman exists. And they're all having ridiculous years that are going to overshadow what Cody Bellinger has done on the North side of Chicago, but he's certainly going to be the NL comeback player of the year. And he has earned himself a payday that is likely more than Papa Ricketts can spend, uh, despite all the beer bat revenue at Wrigley Field. I, I don't know. I, I do feel like Cody Bellinger loves being a Cub because, because, and I'll say this, I'll say why. Because he's doing great here. Because the way that he was able to revamp his career was at Wrigley Field as a Cub. And to what extent that is because of the Cubs, I don't know. Was Is he going to do this for the Astros if he signs there? Is he going to do it for the Mets? Is he going to, you know, if the Yankees, does he have that resurgent career somewhere else? Maybe, maybe not, but maybe he thinks that it's the Cubs. Yeah, I am with you on that. But the problem is if the Yankees offer him two extra years and $50 million more than the Cubs, which is a thing the Yankees would absolutely do do you really think he likes wrigley field no two years and 50 million dollars more no i do not <laughs> like, this is the problem no. right because the cubs are absolutely going to try to sell cody bellinger on we we're into you you're our guy you will play first base and center field and mentor Pete armstrong be a leader of the team they're going to try to sell him on that and they're going to try to do it in the most jed hoyer way possible which probably looks something like five years, a hundred million dollars with some options. And the Yankees are going to come over the top with like seven years, $150 million. And the Cubs are going to lose because that is not, those are not competitive options. 
we shall see. But I, the one thing we both know is that he has been the juice of this squad. And Absolutely. that without him, that's why I viewed this as a one-off. So when it was kind of working and I'm like, oh, maybe they'll add a little, maybe this Quas guy's good. Maybe, you know, I, I did. I, I believed in it. I was like, oh, look, he's the right, he, he's like the hat's right Pedro Strope, you know, like I, I'm into it. And um, it just, it just wasn't enough. Hey, Candelario goes to the IL too. He wasn't doing great for the team, but it definitely ruins your depth a little bit and uh, being a switch hitter and all that, but, and a veteran. Um, so it, so oh, I was looking forward to Candelario at course. He's been a doubles machine all year. And, and the problem that I think the Cubs ran into in the series is that after they hit some home runs in the early parts of the games, they just tried to keep doing that. And that's not the way you can, you attack course field. Like you have to just try to get hits and then like whatever hits turn into home runs. That's great. But the, the ballpark dimensions and everything, it's, it's not a place you go to try to hit. And the humidor. By the way, Chase Field, similar conditions, also a humidor. Do not go in trying to hit the long ball. It's not your game. And that one ball that the what I forget which Rocky it was that he didn't mean to swing and he just poked it right over the first baseman's head. That happened to be that was today. I think it was Chris Bryant. No, that was two days ago, I thought. Was it Chris I Bryant mean, with like a happened. check swing single? Yeah. Check swing RBI single. I yeah, only at course, man. Yeah, so I I mean, so I just happened to catch that out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, it's one of those games. We're just getting Babbitt Babbitt to death errors at the wrong time and then they hit the home run at the right time and we don't you know so it's oh man very frustrating but you know this is kind of like who they've been all year this you know they've i they're gonna finish above 500 unless it's really i mean all they need is four more wins they should be able to get that <laughs> right i mean i don't know man so, you know, Ballhawk Dave, Ballhawk Dave made me a bet during the last homestand that the Cubs were going to win 90 games. And I was like, absolutely not. And so he's been like DMing me on Twitter, like the record that the Cubs need to get as they win or lose. And he's like 13, five, 12, four, whatever. Anyway, as of today, it is 12 and three. The Cubs need to finish 12 and three yeah. for Ballhawk Dave to get my 20 bucks. And I have a hunch the Cubs aren't getting to 90 wins. I'll be happy to pay that money if I lose. Well, and I think that 85 should do it. So that, I mean, it should. How many, <laughs> how many games? One would hope. Yeah. How many games do we have left? We have uh, three against Pittsburgh. We've got three against the D-backs. We've got three against Colorado. That's nine. Then we've got four against Atlanta. So 13 and six. So 16 games. Here so is the big eight problem. Eight and eight gets you right there. Eight and eight gets you 86 wins. That should be enough if you go 500. We should be able to go 500 against Pittsburgh and Colorado. I mean, you should. The last time I did the like eight and eight gets you into the playoffs, da 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 da, on that was the year that the Brewers ran down the Cubs, beat them in game 163. And then the Cubs lost that heartbreaker and in extra innings to the Rockies right. uh, in the wild card game. And it was the same type of situation. Like, ah, they seem to go 500 to the end and it'll be fine. And then the Brewers did Brewers things and the Cubs never hit again. And it was like, it was over before we knew it. I refuse to play that game. The bottom line is this. At the moment, the Cubs occasionally look really good against actual teams that want to be in the playoffs. I'm talking about that giant series. They took two of three from the Braves earlier this year. That was great. 
they've played competitive baseball with the Brewers and the Reds this season. That's been good. But like, you cannot hang your whole season on the idea that you're going to be able to turn it on against these teams in the last 16 games and not get blown out, right? Like, I just, I have very little confidence at this moment in time. And those last three games at Wrigley North scare the bejesus out of me because there is a non-zero chance that if the Cubs get swept in that series, they not only like lose the division or any shot at the division, they lose the wild card too because of the weird tiebreakers and how close it is. Yeah, no, it's it, we're not in the in the position to feel comfortable at all. We're just not. And, um, you know, and the Reds, I'm a little worried about just because they're so young and they were so streaky before. Um, they've been streaky all year uh, and they've been over. They've been playing well over their Pythag, well over their skis, getting performances they didn't expect to have. Um, they picked up all those waiver dudes that they could get and Harrison Bader Cubs killer. Yeah. Hunter and, Renfro. and Hunter they, Renfro a Cubs killer. I'm not sure. They've got their kind. I mean, they've got the tigers. Now they've got the Mets. They've got uh, the twins who are good. They've got the pirates, Cleveland, and then St. Louis. So it's like, they're kind of all over the map. They're playing good teams and bad teams, but I, I don't really think that matters now. Like everybody is either playing spoiler or they're getting t- they're or they're they're um like ready to get hot they're setting themselves up they're feeling the momentum towards the playoffs and i just feel like the cubs are just who they've been all year even keel you're going to win some you're going to lose some in the end you're going to be hanging around 500 give or take and well, that's how they're playing you know the thing about the reds that is kind of interesting. I was listening to a couple of fantasy baseball podcasts uh, earlier this week. They just got Joey Votto and Jonathan India back. And that makes the roster kind of crowded for purposes of rostering any of the Reds guys on a fantasy team. But it's really great if you're a young team that needs some veteran presence and like some cohesion down the stretch, right? Like, can you imagine a better guy to come back than Joey Votto? Joey, he oh, is, yeah. he's their Anthony Rizzo, right? Like yeah. he's the dude who can pull everything together. One of the things I think about with this Cubs team, they were kind of middling when Cody Bellinger was on the IL for all that time. And then they Cody Bellinger came back and they were all of a sudden just surging. It was like they had this presence that gave them direction and batted in all the runs when he was supposed to and understood the dip when he was supposed to try to hit a home run and when he was supposed to babib a little single to just drive in a guy. That is Joey Votto. Joey Votto is better at that than Cody Bellinger. And He's back for the Reds. And I I just feel like that is going to pay off for the Reds. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Cubs got a little bit of a wake-up call here in Colorado and they go into Arizona, face the weakest part of the Arizona rotation, and win three, come come back and start, like, actually playing competitive baseball again. And, Danny, I am very nervous for this team's chances to play in October. Well, I, I mean, any kind of October baseball is just gravy. I really didn't. I don't believe in this team. Everybody that listens <laughs> to me talking about it knows that I, this is all gravy to me because I'm excited that we're that we're talking about meaningful baseball. You know how busy I am right now? I've got a show opening up next week. Why did I accept this show? Why did I accept this responsibility? Because I'm like, uh, 
mean it won't be very meaningful baseball. I could probably like slack off with watching these games and like, you know, Sun Ranto show will already be on to off season topics, you know, like in, you know, Cubs pod, I won't even be doing the games. I'll just be ranting about the manager or something, you know, like I, I, I won't, won't matter who we're facing tomorrow. Like none of this would matter. And instead we're busy. So all oh, this is gravy. This is great. You know, that we're even in the conversation to be a playoff team um, but no, I, all the way to the world series. I won't believe all the way. And then I, and I will have, egg I don't on think my they're face. going to the world series. I'm so. just saying, I'm saying this is me wrong. Dan's me prove me wrong. My skepticism and an unbelieving fandom has is what's really motivating this team to do better all year long. So I'm going to stick to my guns, keep not believing and, uh, and just hope for the best. It's all we'll gravy. We'll stop believing. <laughs> like we that's the that's the theme song for this team if you wind up getting to that point. Uh, let's talk some hot and cold bats before we close out this episode of Cup of Cubby Blue. The Cubs have a, a handful of guys who have been hot and it's nice to see Dansby Swanson back on the list. He's got a 127 WRC plus over the last 2 weeks and change uh Seiya Suzuki absolutely killing it at 215 right now. This is the Seiya we all thought we were getting when the Cubs signed him in Japan, Cody Bellinger sitting at 150. Uh, he has he has raised his profile in recent days. Um, but the guys who are struggling, Mike Talkman, who is probably about to lose the vast majority of his playing time to Pete Crow Armstrong, uh, Jamer Candelario, who, as you already mentioned, is on the injured list, and Nick Madrigal, who never loses playing time because why would you ever sit? Nicky, two strikes. He has a WRC plus of 45 over the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, Nick Madrigal is the ever, everyday player I've never really been a fan of. It's part of my non-belief in the team. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's your everyday guy with, no, with like, very little pop. And, you know, uh, Talkman, his summer's been over for since fall, since, say, a timber started. So, and that's how it goes. I mean, that, that's good for a team to be able to do that, like, hand it off, like some guy struggles, another guy picks it up. That's great. But, uh, yeah, man, say a timber. I'm, I'm here for it. You know, say a... I was so excited when we signed him. I wrote that song. Say, uh, it got played in Japan. Like, you know, I was really excited. And then it just hasn't really worked out until right now. So I'm going to soak it up. Once again, all gravy. I'd given up on Saya. I'm like, oh, it was a bad signing. And now it's looking awesome. So, like, just prove me wrong, Cubs. Prove me wrong. That's all I'm asking. I had not given up on Saya, but I understand why some people did. And I, I'm here for Saya to save the Cubs season. Uh, if he does, he's going to have to get through some hot Diamondbacks bats. But honestly, like these aren't all that intimidating either. Lourdes Gurriel has a WRC plus of 171 over the last two weeks. Uh, Cattell Marte, I almost called him Starling Marte. I know better people. Like it's it's been a long day. Uh, Cattell Marte, WRC plus of 144 and Tommy Pham who was a thorn in the Cubs side at Wrigley Field, still hot, uh, WRC plus of 140. The guys who are struggling at the moment, Christian Walker is at 67, Geraldo Podomo is at 38, Evan Longoria is at 35, and Alec Thomas who is at 27. Yeah, I mean, the, this team does not – they're an average offense. 
You know, we just saw them. They're not that so great. So are all the wild card teams. I know. Well, the, exactly. The you Reds know, are good. The Reds are the Reds are a good offense. Everybody else is average. Yeah, everybody else is really average. So I mean, that's how this wild card works now. There's just a bunch of average teams that get to play like one series, and maybe they get hot and get to play two series. Maybe they get real hot and go to all the way to the World Series and win it. You know, and that's the uh, kind of uh, you know dice roll that baseball's taken right now and cheapening really what a good team looks like. I, I know I've said it many a times, you know, like it's weird that this playoff team doesn't feel like a playoff team, just in my experience of what playoff teams feel like, because you used to have to win the division and then you could have to get one of those one game playoff things. And that was really tight because there was only two spots for, it. no, there used to be only one spot for it. Then there were two spots and then, you know, so they're just cheapening and cheapening and that's how, how we get what we got. Which is a bunch of middling teams that can play each other in the postseason and tournament, uh, end of season tournament. Um, yeah, I'm going to take, take this back because the Reds are not the only offense I enjoy in this wild card mix. The Phillies are also really good. Like the Phillies might be just head and shoulders above everybody else who's trying to chase down those last two wild card spots. And look, I get it. Expanded playoffs is the reason that the Cubs didn't sell at the deadline. And and maybe I'm here for that. That was, this was much more fun for the last couple of months than it would have been if the Cubs had traded Cody Bellinger and traded Marcus Stroman and done all the things that we thought they were going to do when we were talking about this on the show in March. And also like this Cubs offense should turn it on because they are at least as good, probably better than the Reds. And they have a shot to beat the Phillies if they can just pull it all together for like a handful of games. Yeah. I, I, I'm, what can I say? I, I, there's no more ways I can say that these, the Cubs do not impress me than this episode. <laughs> I, I don't know how many more ways I'm going to get the thesaurus out that just put unimpressed in and see what I come up with. Well, whatever Danny comes up with for his synonyms for unimpressed, uh, you can find it. At uh, by following him on social, Danny, where can people find you and your work? Yeah, if you want to see uh, me talking about how the Cubs are unimpressive, <laughs> you can um, you can follow me at Sunranto. Awesome, you can find me at BCB underscore Sarah. You can find both of us at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. Please make sure you are subscribed to the show and leave us a five star review and rating if you enjoy it, so that other people can find the show if the Cubs have dashed their playoff hopes after they play a few games in Arizona, or if the Cubs have bolstered their playoff hopes and we're optimistic again at the end of this weekend, you know, we'll be talking about it here on the Bleacher Bunch Network until next time.